Next on BYU Sports Nation, what do the Cougar footballers play for right now? How about a win? Middle Tennessee head coach Rick Stock still joins us. Where is BYU most vulnerable in his opinion? Plus, Blaine Fowler on where BYU is improving game by game and defining this football season within a Hollywood movie. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. If I were a rich man. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. That's Tuesday well as a BYU employee. Thank you. Tuesday, October 28th. Shot! My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with Nerf football designer Jerem Jordan. That would be a fun job, wouldn't it? In the 90s. Do you remember the Turbo, the Nerf Turbo? Do you remember that? There was like a million kinds of those football. How do I remember like the one? The original, the red and black one. Sure. You don't remember the Nerf Turbo? I just remember the, like, Whistler. Which was, was a like, horrible, whoa, whoa, horrible idea. Who cares? Who decided to put a whistling football on the market? Who thought that was cool? I don't. There's a reason it lasted my for mom like did. one year. Did oh, cause she bought one for she you? Probably got me one. Now I, now I probably borrowed it from a neighbor. Wait, you remember the Nerf Turbo Whistler, but not the original Nerf Turbo? I didn't say it was Turbo. I don't know. I don't know. There were dude. There's like been 800 <laughs> Nerf balls. How am I supposed to know? Oh, the uh, Turbo. It's like it's like shoes nowadays. It's like oh. The Kevin Durant 7X LOS. <laughs> huh? I don't even know the exact kind of car I have. Oh. Is, is your Jetta the turbo four liter what cylinder whatever? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Does it Check get me the to work? number or something. Yep, it does. Hey, listen, join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Get involved with today's Twitter question. We love movies, Jerem more so than me. But it's a passion for both of us. And that has themed our question One today. One passion. If the BYU football season were a movie, what movie would it be? In a world. This started from a conversation yesterday we had where I said, I wish the BYU football season would have been Guardians of the Galaxy. But it turned out to be Noah. <laughs> and we don't know the end of it yet. Oh, we, we've seen two thirds. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen the final third. <laughs> That's true. At Joe Bleeker. But, but but the plot has led us somewhere where BYU's playing three games in a row against... It's not a yeah. juicy plot coming up, right? We well, we don't know. Cal's juicy. Bowl game hopefully is juicy. At Joe Bleeker. That escalated quickly. This is from Anchorman. Yeah. That really got out of hand. Yes, it did. <laughs> you might need to lay low for a while because you're wanted for murder. We've been coming to the same party for 12 years and in no way is that disappointing. Doesn't he or, say depressing? Or depressing, yeah, depressing. Or whatever he says. That's, yes, love it. <laughs> Keep them coming. We've had some fantastic submissions so far. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. What BYU football plays for now? Well, first they've got to win two more to get to, get to the bowl game. So you start there. Uh, but it's also a matter of pride. You don't have the conference championship, and, and that is an issue. I always enjoyed the conference championship race. And right now the national goals are out the window. But they still have the goals of, of, of the bowl game that they're looking at, the Miami Beach Bowl, and pride. Ah, no conference championship. 
National goals out the window. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on a Maddich Monday joined us yesterday live from Bristol. He talks about the old cliche from the sports cliche Hall of Fame, playing for pride. What does that mean? What does it mean? Jerem? I hate that it's come to this. (laughs) Playing for pride? I don't know. You tell me. You're always playing for pride. Like, if that's the thing you're playing for, wow. For the love of the game. You know what I mean? And and that's where BYU's at. Uh, I think there are other things involved there. Obviously, no conference championship. No possibility of a ranking at the end of the year. You still have a chance for a bowl win. You still have a chance to reel off five wins going into 2015 when you play Nebraska. I mean, there's... But... They're all at, like, numbers 8 through 11 or something on the list of priorities, right? Unfortunately, those other things are gone. That's over. I haven't moved on yet. I haven't. Let's start with a win. Four straight losses. What are they playing for? How about ending the four-game losing streak? Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU went 0 for October, which BYU did this year, was 1993. 21 years ago, also the same year, BYU gave up six games of 30-plus in a row. BYU is sitting on a, what, five-game streak of that? BYU won all four games last year in October, interestingly enough. They were 6-2 and after they beat Boise State. And nearing the top 25, but had a bye week and then went and lost at Wisconsin. That's why this feeling is so weird among BYU fans. It's like, what? Four in a row? It's been 21 years. A lot of the students at BYU weren't alive. No, you're right. Most of the students were alive because they're over 21. <laughs> they all, <laughs> all the all freshmen are like, huh? When My did, bad. When did that My happen? Second stat of the day. Most of the students at BYU are over 21. Yeah. Eric Mika not included. <laughs> What does Caesar! playing for pride mean? Well, we've, we've defined it as a win. End the four-game losing streak. BYU was a 24-point favorite against Middle Tennessee last year. They were playing at home. They won that game 37-10. to Despite being negative four in turnover margin. Now that they have lost four in a row, they are now a four-point favorite heading to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Four points? That... Are you serious? BYU is a four-point favorite. Losing four in a row, obviously. BYU wins by double digits. Takes away the confidence of the experts. 17 plus right now, calling it 17 oh, Jer- plus. Do you really want to do that? 17 plus Saturday. Do you really want to do that? I do. Don't do it, negative BYU is going to win. Okay. And win big Saturday. That's a guarantee? How can I guarantee that? Okay, I'm just saying, I, you... you You'll love the way you look. I guarantee it. I want you to guarantee it. I, wa- I want to hear that. Okay, I, the fans want you to make them feel better. It's a guarantee BYU Very will good. win by 17 okay. plus. I'm not saying a win fixes everything, but it makes you feel better. Yes, you're right. You're right. Listen, it's you know when you're dating someone and you get broken up with, you just feel terrible. You were in it. They weren't. Whatever. Some people, uh, You've never felt this feeling, <laughs> but it, you just feel terrible, right? You need something to happen where you're like, oh, I feel better. There's hope. There's other things, right? And I'm not talking about, like, like when BYU football goes bad, like, well, at least the church still true. Yes, yes, that exists. <laughs> Let's just, yes, no matter if BYU football existed or not, I like, need more. I need other things, right? Still it's, love my wife, still love my kids. Yes, that's all there. That's great. Now if, you, now, if you don't have that stuff, maybe it's harder for it. Whatever. That's another conversation. But BYU's playing. 
if you win five in a row, you go into 2015 with a little bit of momentum. I mean, you're not playing for it. it it's disappointing. It certainly is. It's a different game. It's a different season. A win doesn't fix everything. Not even close. I don't know that it fixes After the much. expectations of were set up for this year after an incredible start. But it makes it better. Jordan Leslie joined us yesterday. He wasn't dodging the critics. He wanted to come on and talk about what the Cougars are playing for now. You know, we have four more games so we can end eight and four. And we can go to a bowl game and end up nine and four. And of course, that's, I mean, no one's just sitting, oh, we can't go BCS or we can't do this. You know, let's just throw away the season. Let's just try to get two wins and go to a bowl game. I mean, no one's thinking that way. You want to finish four and eight or eight and four and go to a bowl game? That's an easy answer. Uh. BYU is a program that oozes with tradition and pride, sometimes probably to a fault. And that plays into the disappointment, for sure. There's high expectations here. Because of what has happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Michael Elisa, another football player that is not afraid of dealing with the reality of being 4-4, four and four, he joined us and talked about what the Cougars are still playing for. It's because right now we're, we're playing for each other. It's almost like that nothing-to-lose mentality. I mean, what else, what else is there to lose? We, we've already lost everything. We, like, we've already, I feel like we've already had like our, our pride stripped from us over the past couple of weeks. Now we are the underdog. And we, and we feel like we have that chip on our shoulder. They're playing for each other. They're teammates who are in large part their best friends. They're playing for their coaches. They're playing for each other. One team, one destiny. Here, here's the good news. Boise State is not on the schedule the next three games. That is Boise true. State's really good. Or a team like Boise State. Middle Tennessee, UNLV, Savannah State. BYU, not should, not could, not maybe. They will, will. they will win those three games. And then they'll play Cal, and we'll see what happens. Cal, uh, really, really good offense. Jared Goff, one of the best quarterbacks statistically right now. That's going to be a tougher game. Let's wait to get to that game. BYU's going to win the next three, and it will feel better. Winning breeds confidence, and BYU needs confidence before that season ender against a very good California offense. Get the win at Middle Tennessee. End the losing streak. Make things feel better and, now. And then have a bye week. Take it easy. Get ready for your UNLV. The blackout will be cool. Those uniforms will be awesome. I mean, I, I don't like that it's come to this where it's like, BYU's 4-4, four and four, but just make the best of the situation. That's what BYU's got to do right now. South Beach in December. Yes, please. BYU also playing for the uh, bowl yeah. game. And we haven't forgotten about that. Get to six wins. Trevor Maddox said, win two more games first. Get to the bowl game. Set yourself up for next year. And that starts with performing well in a bowl game. Yes, in fact, BYU is going to a bowl game. People that say, well, I don't even know if they're going to win the two to get to a bowl game. Are you serious? If B Listen to me closely. If BYU does not get to the Miami Beach Bowl, I will shave my head on the show on the day <laughs> that they would have played in the game, December 22nd. They're going to play in that game, people. They're, they're going, going to, to beat the Miami UNLV Beach and Savannah State and Middle Tennessee. December 22nd, I'm not shaving my head. That's what I'm saying right now. Playing well late in the season sets up next year. It does. That is a fact. Yeah, yes and no. Trevor Maddich would agree with me. It's ugly in the moment. But next year you look back on the experience that those young guys got and the lumps that they took, and you see that as part of the building block for the following year's success. You have to build off of what you do this season to try and grow your program in the future. You're talking about making the most of it. Make the most of it. Let your young guys get experience. Let them get the feel of what it's like to go through adversity so that when it happens next year, they have something to compare it to and be like, you know, you know, we're better than we were last year. It's not going to happen again. That can help, but it doesn't always. 
for example, 2000, BYU goes, what, 6-5, six 6-6? and 6-6. Six and, six. Six and, six. and then they start the season 12-0. Like, it's... It, like the leap from one year to the next doesn't necessarily connect, but right now you can say you know what there's some young, the connection is with the young guys, Fred Warner, Taki Taki, Tuiloma, Peck, uh, all those guys, uh, Michael Davis, Jamal Williams, all those guys. Hey, let's let's do something that will be positive. And like I've said before, I hate playing for later. How about playing for now? Play for right now and later. A great candy as well. <laughs> <laughs> now and later. Wow. So good. Except it's really hard to get the plastic off, and sometimes it stays on there. You're like, should I eat it because it's got a little plastic? Will I taste it? They that's were, a real issue. They were also I don't know popular. if that's bigger or the four-game losing streak. I can't decide. They were popular 21 years ago in 1993. Now and later. <laughs> <laughs> With the Nerf Turbo. <laughs> With the Nerf Turbo. That is correct. Also, We haven't even talked about this. What about the guys that don't have another year? Jordan Leslie. This is his final shot. Harvey Jackson. Christian Stewart. Rob Daniel. Hey, they don't have another shot. Some of them want to play at the next level, whether it be in the CFL or the NFL. The guy that has the best shot of that? Rob Daniel. Yeah, then probably Jordan Leslie. Because of what he's done throughout his... The body of work is good with Jordan Leslie. I don't think BYU have anyone drafted, but the possibility of getting signed. Play well, get noticed. Our Twitter question today, if the BYU football season were a movie... What movie would it be? <laughs> Give me the tweets. It's Twitter time. This is going to be good. At Billy Wonka, The Empire Strikes Back. Dun, 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 dun. The Rebel Alliance has some setbacks. Next year, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Taysom. Yeah. BYU should go, go blackout at Nebraska. <laughs> Just cloaks and everything. <laughs> At Has- How sweet would that be? Hasro 24. The first four games was the Avengers. <laughs> Since then, it's been all the Twilight movies rolled into one or Rocky Five. <laughs> wow. Breaking Dawn. Uh, all Twilight fans are like, hey! hey! Well, Cri- Chris- Kristen Stewart? Christian Stewart? Christian Stewart? Stewart? Uh, Christ- hey. Some people actually think we're saying Kristen Stewart. No, it's not Chris. It's Christian. At Alan Seawright. The Hobbit. Long wait for it, super excited, starts well, then just gets more and more depressing when you realize it's not Lord of the Rings. It's really true. Lord of the Rings was like an undefeated season, and then The Hobbit's like an eight or nine win season. But we don't know the ending yet! (laughs) It peaks at nine, that's what I'm saying! Up next, the head coach of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders, Rick Stockstill, joins us live. We're gone. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan... We're doing it live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. If you don't already, follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Tonight, after further review, is on BYU TV at 8 Eastern Time. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon will break down what happened against Boise State and how BYU can get ready for Middle Tennessee. It's tonight, 8 Eastern Time on BYU TV. Good luck fitting all of that into an hour. If the BYU football (laughs) season were a movie... What would it be? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Harper underscore Inc. says Top Gun. Goose dying was losing four games. But winning the next four will be like having Tim Robbins as your new co-pilot. Well then. <laughs> All right. The, the tweets have been fantastic. I can't, ra- I can't wait to read more. They've yeah. been really fun. Keep them coming. You are all very clever Hashtag people. BYUSN. Another clever man right now joining BYU Sports Nation for the second time and first time since last year, the head coach of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders, Rick Stockstill. Coach, how are you today? 
I'm good. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. We are fantastic. We appreciate you taking some time during your busy week. We want to know more about the Blue Raiders, and we'll start with this. What is the strength of your team? You're five and three thus far. You've had some success. What is the strength that's helping you find that success? Well, I think the big thing is we're we're playing as a team. Uh, you know, there you, you can't look at it and say the offense is carrying us or the defense is doing it or special teams. I, I think we're really playing, you know, as a team. And it's, you know, yeah, we, we've had some high-scoring games where we won and we had some lower-scoring games where we won. So uh, I guess to answer your question, just, you know, we're, we're playing really well as a team. What does it mean to have BYU go to Murfreesboro? You know, I, I think it's, you know, since I've been here, we've had, you know, Mississippi State and Maryland and Georgia Tech, Minnesota, Virginia. You know, we've had some, you know, big schools come here. But I think with BYU, it is the the most storied program coming that's ever been here. Um, the tradition, the history of BYU to me is far greater than those other schools that have been here. Uh, so I know our fans, our community is, is really excited uh, that a BYU would, one, even consider coming here uh, to play. And, and then the fact that they are coming here, uh, people are really excited, you know, because we only get to see or they only get to see BYU when they're on TV. You know, so I think this is a unique opportunity, you know, for our fans and, and people around here to, like I said, to see one of the more uh, storied football programs in the history of college football. I believe yesterday you uh, mentioned something to the fans. Hey, let's not get outnumbered by BYU fans. What kind of reception have you uh, had from fans reacting to that to make sure you pack the house? Well, I said kind of tongue-in-cheek because, um, you know, I know <laughs> – you know, there's a lot of BYU fans, you know, uh, on the East Coast, you know, and I'm, it's hard for them to, you know, to get out all the way to Provo. Um, you know, so I, I know there's a group coming out of Atlanta that's like 5,000 people, you know, so I'm sure there's other parts of the, you know, the East where, you know, they can look at, hey, this is a three, four, five-hour drive. I can go see my team. Uh, you know, so I, I, you know, and I don't know how many tickets, you know, you got BYU sold. I've heard, you know, in the 10,000 range, but what I was saying was just, uh, you know, that cause we don't get a whole bunch of people, you know, we're, you know, probably in the 18,000, you know, to 20,000, what we're averaging and, you know, and just, it, it's something that I battle every, every game, every year, you know, trying to get more and more people to come to our games. So I said it kind of tongue-in-cheek to let's make it hard for the BYU fans to get a <laughs> ticket, um, you know, for, for Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Raise those prices. Make them pay to get in the stadium. Rick's- That's a good idea. I hope we're doing that. <laughs> BYU fans are used to that, actually. And that That's way a real I thing. Keep, that way I don't have to keep playing all these games. <laughs> Coach Rick Stockstill, the head man of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders on BYU Sports Nation, was a quarterback at Florida State from 1977 to 82. Coach, let's stay on the topic of quarterbacks. You lost Logan Kilgore, who is now, I believe, with the New Orleans Saints, and uh, you've had a big vacancy to fill. 
how has the quarterback position performed for you this year trying to replace Logan Kilgore? Yeah, you know, Logan was a three-year starter for us. He started against you guys last year. Uh, he signed as a free agent with the Saints, and, and then he got released there at the end of camp, and he's now with the uh, in Canada. Okay. Uh, he's playing up there. So uh, Austin Grammer, who's our starter now, he came in uh, probably the fourth quarter of, of our game last year, uh, you know, and – to, to be completely honest, he has exceeded my expectations. Uh, you know, I think he's done a good job, especially here of late, the last couple games. Uh, earlier in the year, it was, you know, he protect the ball. The next game, Minnesota, he threw three interceptions. You know, the next game, he didn't have any turnovers. The next game, he had two. You know, so it was a little inconsistent early in the year. Uh, he's playing more consistent now especially from a ball security standpoint. And to me, a quarterback, that's where it always starts. Um, you know, so we're a little bit different uh, offensively than last year because of, you know, he gives us, you know, a threat as a runner. Uh, where Logan last year, uh, you know, we didn't have that threat, you know, from the quarterback position being a runner. So, um Grant Austin's done a nice job, you know, through eight games this year of uh, of running our offense. The real question is, how's the backup Brent stock still? Uh, I, I love everything about him. His mother is a pain in the <laughs> rear end. <laughs> no, but Brent's doing well. You know, he's our backup. He's a you know a true freshman, and uh, you know I, I think he's got a great future ahead of him. Rick Stockstill, the head coach of Middle Tennessee football on BYU Sports Nation. Another game changer that we uh, talked about last year a lot was Jordan Parker. He's back. Is is he the staple of your offense with the new quarterback in Austin Grammer? You know, all four of our backs, you know, and really you go back to last year, our top five backs, we had one senior, and that was William Pratcher, and he broke his ankle in your game last year, and we lost him for the year. But all our four backs, other four backs, all had major surgeries after the season, and none of them went through spring practice. Um, two of them did not get cleared until game week of the first game uh, for full contact. So, uh, we're, and then Jordan, you know, missed last week with an injury. Uh, you know, so I've really, all four of them have played a bunch. Uh, I've tried to, and this has been, you know, difficult for me. It's been a kind of a learning experience for me too. That I've tried to manage, you know, their carries, uh, you know, throughout the first part of the season here because you know, they're all coming off surgeries, and I didn't want to, you know, overload one. And so we've we've been pretty balanced, you know, with our carries. Um, you know, Jordan had a big game. Uh, at Old Dominion, he had a, you know he's had a couple other big games, but I, I like our running backs. Uh, you know, I think all four of them have been very productive this year. What do you see out of BYU? Given that BYU won the first four, injuries have lost the last four. You know, uh, I, I have so much respect. You know, uh, and, and I'm probably not saying his name right, Taysom Hill, but you said uh, it correctly, Taysom. Yeah. Uh, just 
watching him last year on film and then competing against him live, I've said this many times since that game that he's the best quarterback I've ever, you know, played against at any place I've ever coached. And uh, I'm just assuming I'm saying this without any knowledge, but I'm sure he was the heartbeat of that team. Uh, you know, he was the leader of that team, not just offensively, but you could see. I saw when he got hurt. We were, you know, that that Friday night game at the hotel, and uh, just how the whole team uh, responded, reacted to, you know, his injury. Uh, and any time you lose your heartbeat, so to speak, you know, it takes time. And, uh, you know, I think Stewart, he's getting better. You know, I know uh, he's losing some games, but I, I think it's he's thrown in a, hard, in a tough position. And uh, you, know, you, you think about, though, the games they've lost, and, and I'm looking at it from a, an outsider looking in, but – you know, you lost him in, in the game when Taysom got hurt. You know, that's hard in the middle of a game to replace your quarterback. You know, and then you lose to UCF on the road in overtime, and UCF was a BCS Bowl uh, guy last year. You know, you ran into a buzzsaw at Boise State, you know, last week. Uh, you know, and I think Boise is Boise of old, you know, a few years ago. A uh, really good team. You lose to them on the road, and then you probably let one get away with Nevada, where you're leading 28 to 13 at the half. I think it was. So, yep. you know, it's the games you've lost or they've lost. Of uh, you know, not making excuses for them because nobody wants to hear that. But uh, as an outsider looking in, it's that's a tough. They've had a tough road to hoe a little bit these last four weeks, also. BYU now a four-point favorite, according to the experts. And so, given that they've lost four in a row and your home and the success that you've you've enjoyed this season in Conference USA, what kind of a game do you expect in terms of physicality? Or you expect a lot of running, a lot of passing, or high scoring? What are you expecting on Saturday? Well, to me, it looks like you know we we just had an open date last week. We went eight straight games without an open date. Oh, and then. We play, you know, BYU. Then we've got another open date, and and then people have asked me, you know, you're going to play one game in 27 days, something like that. And you know, I said as much as we needed the open date this past week because of going eight straight weeks and then three weeks in August, uh, we're probably going to need this open date more after the BYU game than we did before it, just because how physical BYU is. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, you guys are going to be a heck of a lot bigger than us. Um, you know, you saw that last year. Um, you know, it was a physical game last year. We were, you know, uh, we had a bunch of bumps and bruises last year after that game. So uh, I expect a physical game. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, as a coach, you can only prepare what you what you see. But it looks like, you know, BYU might be passing the ball a little bit more uh, with with Stewart in there than they were with, you know, tight Tayson and and just it looked like to me, you know, when you had your quarterback, they were. You know, a lot more quarterback runs. There were more runs and almost run to set up the pass. And now it looks like, you know, they're throwing so much more 
you know, to set up the run. Um, you know, and they may come in here with a completely different mindset and think they're just going to, you know, line up and hammer it down our throats and run the ball. But I just know it'll be a physical game. Um, I hope it's not a high-scoring game, uh, you know, because that means if it's not, then your defense is playing pretty well. So, uh, you know, I just know it's going to be a physical game. It's going to come down to, you know, who protects the ball the best. Uh, you know, usually that has the is the biggest, you know, difference maker in games. So, uh, I'm just expecting a physical game. Coach, great to have you for the insight. To look forward to the game on Saturday. I am making my first trip to Murfreesboro. I fly into Nashville on Halloween night, and then we'll drive over. I need to eat dinner somewhere. Where is the place to eat dinner in Murfreesboro? You know, I'm I'm kind of a you know mom and pop type place okay. guy. You know, just the old school stuff. But you need to go <laughs> to me. I would recommend Slick Pig Barbecue. Uh, it's close to campus. It's right off campus. It's got great you know barbecue, great wings. Uh, you know they'll have TVs in there that you can watch who's ever playing Friday night. Um, you know if you desire to do that, but Slick Pig Barbecue is. Uh, one of my favorites. Fantastic. I appreciate the uh, insight there as well. I'll check it out. Coach, look forward to uh, seeing you on Saturday. Good deal. Appreciate you guys. And, and if you need anything else, holler at me during the week. Coach Rick Stockstill of Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders. Holler. I always enjoy talking to that guy. Yeah, we had, him on, we had him on last year as well. He's very candid, and I love that. I think he, he likes the backup quarterback a lot. His, his, his son. son. <laughs> his mom's a pain his in the rear. <laughs> rear end. Whoa, okay. <laughs> oh, Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Blaine Fowler makes his weekly stop. Where is BYU improving game by game, if in any specific scenario? We'll tackle that question next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Bronco Mendenhall, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. Tomorrow, hoops are back. It is back Wednesday, 9 Eastern time on BYUTVSports.com. It's a web-only broadcast. Spencer Linton on the call. The Cougar tip-off. Watch all the new guys for BYU play tomorrow. It's going to be great. Corbin Kafusi guarantees he'll dunk in the game. No, he didn't say that. I'm just kidding. No, it's going to be fun to see those guys. First uh, time we see Tyler Hawes, senior year, all that. By the way, SBNation.com uh, named Tyler Hawes number 32 in its list of top 100 college basketball players. Number 32? That was Jim Rizzo number. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is that like? No. It, what's funny about college hoops is I looked at that list and I was like, I know like two guys on this list. There's so college hoops, just revolving door, man. The West Coast Conference preseason polls and teams were announced yesterday. Oh, by the way, BYU men and women both picked to finish second in the conference behind Gonzaga. Gun- Gonzaga. Oh, stop it. Stop the, it. The Zogs. <laughs> From, people you call sh- them the Zogs. You should. Blaine, Bain, Blaine, Bain Foul, Flau Error is here. I'm going to call you Bane from now If we're going to call him the Zogs, then we might as well call me Bane Flauler. Yeah, Bane. 
Bane hey, Feller. While we're talking basketball, Blaine, we're, we're going to spend plenty of time talking about football, but we should address what happened at the West Coast Conference tip-off, the media days yesterday. BYU picked to finish second. Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth named yeah. to be the first teamers. Uh, what do you expect? Ten-man team. They were two. What do you expect from BYU basketball this I, season? I think they take a step forward this year um, because I think that the experience combined with depth this, depth this year um, allows them to – to win more games and to be more of a threat in the NCAA tournament. This, this is an NCAA tournament team, talent-wise. If they can stay healthy, we can knock on wood all over the place. Don't do they... that here. It didn't work. So Apparently don't. What not... do I do? We knock on knock on wood. Right <laughs> Everybody here. I don't across know. the nation just yeah. knock on wood. If they can, if just they can stay healthy, um, and I like this, and I think that Kafusi is a piece of the puzzle that we were all unsure about. It's like, okay, what about at the five spot? What about a defensive presence at the five spot? Um, and what about depth at the five spot? Mm. And he comes back from his mission at 6'11", and is just a beast when they're playing pickup games and decides to play basketball. I think he is the missing piece that that takes them a notch up and mm. allows them to compete with the Zags, or the Zogs, if you want to call them that, but, but compete with the Zags this year. And, of course, Gonzaga is going to be – you can't not vote them first in the league until they don't win the championship, well, right? Well, pl- plus they reloaded. They got USC. What's I can't even remember his name. USC's leading scorer and rebounder. They got Wilcher, a transfer from uh, from Kentucky. They got Arvidas Sabonis' kid. Who cares if he's any good? He's Arvidas yeah. Sabonis. Is, is he like nine feet tall and five hundred pounds <laughs> and like Arvidas? The so. best passer ever. But it's it's. It's a year where I think BYU closes that gap because mm-hmm. I think they're going to be better inside. Um, they're experienced on the outside, and they're going to add some shooting um, to the outside. The missing piece. Yeah, Chase Fisher. Is that is that your missing piece? Yeah, I, I think I think they needed more front court depth, of course, yeah. last year. But you need, for de- especially defensively, and I think Kafusi yes. can come in and he can defend lights out. He can be a dominant shot blocker in this league, and so that changes things defensively, and it allows the guards to play more aggressive on the perimeter and defend because now you can push up on somebody and you don't worry about getting blown by. If 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 you if you go up and you push up and you're defending the three and the guy puts a ball on the floor and gets by it, now you just trail him right to the shot blocker. So you stay right on his tail. If he pulls up, you're going to block the shot or cause problems from behind. And you just funnel him into Kafusi, and the ball's going to get blocked. And that is a real luxury to have as a defense. Interior presence, shot blocker, changes the way you defend on the perimeter. So And that's where BYU struggled last year. They could score but they couldn't defend. And so they, they make, a, I think, a quantum leap defending this year. And then now on the offensive end, they were already good. Add some, some real good perimeter shooting to this team. And I think they're significantly better this year. Last basketball question for Blaine Fowler, our dual threat insider, college football and college basketball. Read option with Blaine. Read like option. Yes, we're running the read option. option. True or false, Who's Tyler Haas back? breaks Jimmer Fredette's all-time scoring record. Oh, what does he have to average to do? You guys, I know you guys have penciled this out. Like Twenty. I can't remember. It's it's less than what he's averaged the last two. Years. Then then he will. Mm, okay. Then he will at the end of the year. So if if it's because I was going to ask you because if it's like twenty three, twenty four, maybe not because I think there's, I think there's more scoring to be spread out on this team this year. There's more capable scores, so he doesn't have to carry it as much. But I still think he'll average twenty. Okay, let's talk football now. Our Twitter question, I won't have the answer to our Twitter question right now. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about this through the interview, is if the BYU football season were a movie, what would it be? We'll ask you that last. Oh. I want to get your, your movie comparison I, before I just you go. thought of something, but I'm just going to save it. <laughs> okay. That's a tease. Oh, that, that is well <laughs> just, played, Blaine. As soon as you, and I haven't even heard that question. I, you guys, like, as soon as you said that, 
it just went right in my mind. Mm. All right. <laughs> the quick answer. Can't okay. wait. What in the world is BYU playing for right now as you see it? Well, it's – I always hear people talk on the outside about, well, they're not in a league, so what are they playing for now? And Once they lose a game – I mean, there were people saying they weren't playing for anything after they lost one game. When BYU they, will never be playing for anything then. Yeah, ever. because because <laughs> undefeated world? seasons happen like every 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, or and, once yeah, every 100 years. Exactly. So – so that notion is a bunch of baloney. You're, you're, you're playing every game for respectability. You're playing um, to be the best that you can be. You know, BYU every year is playing to be ranked, even when we were in a league. So I hate to say, hey, when I played. So let's, let me do that. Can I do that just once? Absolutely. That's the context hey, you have. When I played, we didn't – I know Lavelle said it every year. Hey, you know, it's all about our number one goal is to win the WAC championship. That's our number one goal. And we're all behind the scenes going, yeah, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> right, that's Yay. not our goal. But we, we should just do that. <laughs> Let's beat like, Wyoming. We're, we're, we've, won, we've won like seven of these in a row. It's like that. Who cares about it? We want to be nationally ranked. And in 84, we went back and beat Pittsburgh. And before the Pittsburgh game, Craig Garrett got up in a team meeting and said, guys, why not a national championship? First game of the year. People, mm. Why not a national championship? So do you think we were worried about winning the WAC championship? So if we were in a league, who cares if you're in a league? What you're playing for when you're in high school, you're playing to be on national television and to be nationally ranked and be talked about all the time. So that's what BYU's playing for. Let me ask you this. Four weeks into the season, was BYU all of those things? Yeah. And they didn't need a league to be it, right? Exactly. And so, that's so, why it hurts! So here's the problem. If you're in the Big 12 and you lose four in a row... It's not any better. You're still four and four, and you're still off, you're now out of the national conversation, whether you're in a league or you're not in a league. And so, and I know that wasn't exactly your question, but so many people have come up to me in the last two weeks and said, "Well, geez, if they were in a league, this." And I'm going, "No, no, a league doesn't make any difference. When you lose, you lose. If if you lose, and the more you lose, the more irrelevant you become. If you win, the more you win, the more you are in the national mindset, and they're and they're talking about it, whether you're in a league or you're not in a league. When Notre Dame was struggling uh, back as as an independent with Faust as the coach, they were a non-story." They were non even though they were Notre Dame. When Notre Dame's winning like they are right now as an independent, they are big-time news. And we're talking about them playing their way back in with one loss with their schedule into this you know, top four semifinal playoff, playoff yeah. thing. So, so for BYU, it's not about being in the league. Do I think they should get in the league? Yeah, I do. I think for scheduling for all of their sports and for scheduling purposes, it just makes it easier. But does not being in the league make them irrelevant? No, that's just the craziest thing I've ever heard. Losing makes you irrelevant. Winning makes you relevant. Losing makes you re- Iowa State's irrelevant, and they're in the Big 12, right? Kansas. North, North Dakota State is more relevant than Iowa State. Yeah. And, and Indiana. And Kansas and in basketball is very relevant, and because in football, they they're irrelevant. So BYU up to this point has not been irrelevant, but if they lose another three or four in a row, then they could be irrelevant is, is, this is, year. Is the standard too high to where BYU fans are disappointed with eight or nine Wins? No, with this schedule, they should win ten games. They should have. Now, now last year, no. last year is a different story, and and next year is a different story. Next year, when when you is play, next year like a yeah, you play, you play Nebraska, UCLA, um, and at Nebraska, at UCLA, at Michigan, yeah. and Boise State at home, and I think Boise State's back as a as a, as a program, um, and so with that start. 
and with who they played during the rest of the season next year, eight or nine is more of a legitimate goal. I think nine it's more is, like is twenty thirteen. Right. Well, and if Taysom's back one hundred percent healthy, then then maybe you talk about nine or ten. Um, nine and a half. Right okay, now. so we'll say that. That's right our under over is nine, nine and, and a half. half. But if it, this year for this team with this schedule, anything less than ten wins is a disappointment. And that's where we're at. You right. you peak at nine if you win it. Right. And so they've got to get they've got to get they've got to. And so you ask. So now we're going to come all the way back to your original question. Bring it back. So let's bring this all the way back. What are they playing for? A win. They're playing to get to go on another run and to get back to where people go. Okay, that wasn't quite so bad. Because right now everybody's feeling like, oh my goodness. This, so they're four and four. Now go on a four game win streak and go win a bowl game and get to nine. Right. Um, and That'd then it's tough. and then it's okay. They were one or maybe two games off of our preseason projections because we all said 10 was good. We thought that that would be where they would get. But when they started 4-0, and then we were all talking undefeated, right? Oh. I know. And so that's just, that's just a hard thing to do. So, and, you know, and, and it doesn't help that up the road for BYU fans that Utah's way overachieving what everybody thought they would be at this uh, yeah. point. And so now <laughs> – yeah, Utah has that. five really, really tough games in a row right now. They, they could win half of those. Go Sun Devils! Let's go Arizona they, State. But here's the thing. It. Here's the thing about Utah right now. Utah could win <laughs> half of what they've got left and still have overachieved what everybody thought they would do this yes, year. Yes, but so the a lot of people thought might... they wouldn't get to a bowl game. Right, so this is a they're in a way different situation. Yes. They could if they win nine games, everybody's gonna go. This is the greatest season since we've been in the Pac-12. So expectations yeah. were different for them. If BYU gets to nine, everybody's going to go, okay, well, that's better. That's better. It's still not what I wanted, but that's better. So, so the expectations are high. Um, so what is BYU playing for? They're playing to get closer to expectations, to play for respectability, to show that these four games were an aberration. And so they'll have plenty of motivation, plenty of motivation to go out and play. This, they don't have motivation. They're not in a the league. They're, that's baloney. There's plenty. Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation and bringing it. We have about a minute to get through two questions. I want to ask you, where is BYU improving over this four-game losing streak, if in any specific category at all, Blaine? So they're not improving from where they were at the four-game winning streak because they took a big dip with all of the injuries. And so so I think offensively, there's more of a rhythm. They understand who they are now with Christian at quarterback. They are more of a throw-to-set-up-the-run team. Uh, they're more a traditional BYU offense now than they were before. So I think they've made that transition. They go into Middle Tennessee. They know who they are offensively, and they know what to call. If they can take care of the football, this can be a, a good offensive football team. And so that's that's where they've gotten better. Um, defensively, they've, they've got to fix some things like this week. And it's not about physical. So they're big enough. They're strong enough. They're fast enough to compete with the four teams they just lost to. Yes. And, but they've had so many assignment errors. And some of these assignment errors are by the same guys over and over and over again. And, and it's not just one guy, but there's, there's just multiple, multiple. big-time mm-hmm. errors where they're giving up big plays. And for BYU over the years, these kinds of plays that we're watching right now, they didn't let them be big plays. They, they could defend and keep everything in front of them. They were sure tacklers, and they didn't make assignment errors. That's the hallmark of a BYU defense since Bronco Mendenhall's been here. Bend, but don't break. Well, right now they're bending and they're breaking. And so they've got to fix the break part of it, and they've got to go back to a mentality where they're going to put people out on the field that don't make mistakes and that will come up and tackle. If you throw a three-yard ball, it needs to be a three-yard gain. Mm. You can't have a three-yard ball – 
have a guy break three tackles and be a 70-yard gain, and you can't have a 60-yard bomb thrown over the top of you because Middle Tennessee will beat you if you let them do that. They've got enough skilled kids to do that. So it's got to go back to assignment sound, keep everything in front of you. If, if these teams are going to score, they need to drive 13 or 14 plays because they will make an error in 13 or 14 plays. But if you only make them have three and four play drives, they might not make an error in four plays. And that's been the difference. That's the difference between them being bad defensively and being very good defensively over the years. So they need to look real hard at who they got out there. And they've got to really go into teaching mode this week in practice. And if they get a sense that somebody that's out there is not getting it, and it's going to cause them problems, then you you play somebody less athletic that will do what they're supposed to do. And that's what they've got to Sign do. Sign me up, man. BYU football 2014 as a Hollywood movie. It's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I just like... <laughs> when you said that, I'm like, it's just like, it's like a horror movie right now. Yeah, wait. Yeah, we've had uh, Jerry Maguire, Field of Dreams, Hunt for a Win in October, The Man Who Won Too Little, (laughs) (laughs) The Dark Knight Rises. Right now we're trying to climb out of the prison, but we keep falling. Movie's not Uh, over. Rise up! (laughs) So the movie's not over. So so it's... It's a Rocky Horror Picture Show right now because you hear all about it and you think it's great. And you go and you kind of are into it. And then about midway through, you're like, hey, I'm sitting in here with a bunch of freaks. What is going on here? (laughs) This isn't that good. Uh, But hopefully it has a good ending. And I I think I walked out of the Rocky Horror Picture Show thinking, okay, that was stupid, but I was okay with it. So so that's how it goes. Uh, Blaine, great to have you with us. Up next, more of your tweets. What's BYU Football 2014 as a movie? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We're in Radio Vision. Tell the people what they should watch tonight, Jerem. 8 Eastern time, after further review, what happened against Boise State, what's going to happen against Middle Tennessee. Catch it tonight on BYU TV with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon. Twitter question today. If the BYU football season were a movie, what movie would it be? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's get to some tweets. Tweet, tweet. I just read this for the first time. At Jimmy BYU, the nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> At CJ oh. Hershey, the Matrix. Really confusing. <laughs> Red pill or blue pill? Matrix is awesome. Take the blue pill! At McMinn5, castaway, fun, upbeat beginning, uh-huh. desolation and despair in the middle, vaguely optimistic crossroads ending. Okay, so a projection there that things will get better. Also, mm. I like the Dark Knight Rises. Rise. Rise. Yes. At RYP Skip, the perfect storm. Oh, well played. Yeah, that's good. That's well played. How do you prepare for something that happened on October 4th? Speaking of, I saw a tweet that said, I want Back to the Future so we can relive October 4th all over again. Marty! Marty! Roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd, BYU TV. Yep. Grand Up flat. next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. We survived the flex block with some tweets. The flex block. I love nice. that. You know what time it is, bro? I do. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. WCC preseason polls were released yesterday. The men's hoops team is picked to finish second behind the Zags. Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth, 
both receiving preseason all-conference team honors, 10-man team, two Cougs on it. Women's basketball. Also, the West Coast Conference women's preseason polls released, and like the men's team, BYU picks second behind Gonzaga. Two players on the preseason all-conference team for BYU, Lexi Eaton and Morgan Bailey. Cougars in the association. Brandon Davies made the 76ers opening day roster. Congratulations to him. And Jameer Fredette and the New Orleans Pelicans (laughs) face the Orlando Magic in the first game of the season. Jimmer averaged 10.1 points per game in the preseason. Women's volleyball. BYU volleyball moves up one spot in the national rankings to number 11. Yeah. The latest ABCA poll. BYU plays at Santa Clara and San Francisco this week. I guarantee two wins. Soccer. BYU's Michelle Murphy is the College Sports Madness National Offensive Player of the Week and the WCC Player of the Week. The new NSCAA poll comes out today. They were 17. I'm going to see if they move up. I'm going to say 15. There were a couple of teams that had some weird things happen. I'll go 14. Oh, okay, you're gonna you're gonna get. Are we bold? thinking hard about this? You're going bold. <laughs> <laughs> Future guests include Chip Walters, play-by-play man for Middle Tennessee. Talked to him last night on his radio show. So now I'm going to put him through the grill. Okay, Anson Winder also will join us. BYU men's basketball, the Cougar tip-off tomorrow. I'm excited for that. First opportunity you'll have to see the Cougars in a game-type atmosphere. And it's because there's so many guys eligible. I mean, 18. Kyle Davis will play in the game. He can't play in the season. But you'll have nine guys on each team. It's going to be awesome. It's your one shot to see Kyle Davis. Brett Favre thinks it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Our Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets the Rise and Shout today, Jerem? I have no idea. I really don't know either. No clue. How about... To the three conference teams or the, the pre-conference players for BYU. Tyler Hawes, Kyle Collinsworth, yeah. Lexi Eaton, Morgan Bailey. Reputation is awesome. It matters. That's what happened with them. It matters. Yeah. Beat Jimmer's record. Continue to send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. If the BYU football season were a movie, what would it be? Thanks to Rick Stockstill, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our hardworking crew. Nice purple shirt, Jerem. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jack DeMooney. Who?